a Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And today we have an amazing guest with us, Chastity Wright. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist in CSAC. A fun fact about Chastity is that her Hawaiian name is, oh, you're going to have to pronounce it for me, Chastity. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> which means humble and humorous. She is gifted at helping people identify their own thinking patterns that may be keeping them stuck. She loves working with people from collect collectivist cultures like Pacific Islanders who want to develop a deeper relationship with themselves as it is easy to forget about our own needs and our big families. Believing in the healing journey of the body, mind, and spirit, she is thrilled to be uplifting herself and others in the area of the mind and her business thinking with a twist. I'm so excited to welcome Chastity Wright. Yay. Thank you. Welcome Chastity. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Ladies are doing a great thing with this podcast. So I'm happy to see how this goes today. Absolutely. We look forward to having you today. So my first question for you, Chastity, is what part of your body has been the easiest for you to love? Ooh, okay. Great question. I was trying to post myself live too, but I'll just repost this video. Um, the parts of my body that I think have been the easiest to love are parts that I actually kind of like connect to my family or my culture. So my hair, I love my hair. It's it's to me, like, I wish it was a little bit curlier, like Polynesian hair, but to me, like it's a, it reminds me of being an Islander. Like I'm Hawaiian and Portuguese and Puerto Rican. And to me, like my hair is very connected to that culturally. I also um, love my eyes. I have green eyes and have been complimented on my eyes since I was a little girl. And that I get from my dad's side of the family, my Puerto Rican and Portuguese side of my family. So yeah, the parts of me that I feel have been easiest to love is because it, I feel like it connects me to the people that I love and the place that I love and the parts, yeah, parts of myself. Yeah. And like, I got a big booty and like, that's my Puerto Rican side and my mom's side. We all have nice big booties in our, my mom's side of the family. So yeah, always loved those parts of my bodies. I feel like it like bonds me and like connects me to my family. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I love that it feels like a connection to your family. But also, let's be real. You just have fabulous hair, eyes, and a booty, right? <laughs> well, yeah, they're nice. And they're good. And they're <laughs> meaningful, right? Because I guess some people could not like it if they had a big butt. But having a big butt in my family makes you part of the gang. Makes you part of the cool kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, And I guess that's like kind of what it's, it's why it's easy to love it. Because it's like connecting, you know? <clears throat> I can completely relate to that. All the women in my, the cash side of my family, we all have big booties um, (laughs) or bubble butts, as some people say. And, and I love it. Even my mom, who's in her uh, seventies, she still has that booty, you know? Um, And it's exciting because I'm looking forward to having that booty too, when I'm in my (laughs) seventies. Yeah. I hope I do have that booty when I'm that, when I'm in a different stage of my life too. Yeah, absolutely. So our follow-up question to that one is always what part of your body has been the most challenging to love and why? 
Um, the parts of my body that have been the most challenging to love have been the parts that um, like I have deemed or like society or like outside people have deemed like abnormal or like different. And again, I think it kind of it's interesting because it kind of goes back to the connected part because I feel like it makes me different. And I think growing up, especially I didn't like it. Now I'm like either indifferent or like embrace it as being unique or special. But um, when I was little, my breasts were always such a different size, like like at least like two or three, maybe three sizes is too much, but like two sizes, one size, like difference. So like wearing bathing suits or wearing dresses, like I was always so concerned about it being seen. I actually like didn't want to go to Kamehameha schools because I knew that I would have to take a shower after PE at that school. And like that was actually the deterrent for me because I didn't want people to know about my boobs. But it wasn't like I didn't want people to know about my whole body. Like I wasn't like embarrassed with my whole body. It was just my boobs, like, you know. And then um, when I started dating and being intimate with people, which was like later, like in college, I realized that a lot of people don't even care as much as I thought they did. So that was a relief. But that was one of the things that was really hard is like when I think my body is just so different or like would make me unlovable, you know, so like would make people think I'm weird or make people not like me. Yeah. Um, and like I've always been a big girl or at least been called big my whole life. I was athletic and like not I was really like toned and had a nice physique, I would say, growing up. But I always like thought I was big. So um I do think I had like a distorted image of like my size of my body and that it was too big, but it, I was always so curvy. Like I had breasts when I was like in third grade, you know, like I was like popping out already, you know? And, and I think that's why too, like it was hard to like, I think my body grew up a little bit faster than my, I did emotionally or like, it, yeah, mentally. So I think that those parts, like it was hard to understand my body and made it hard to love, you know, because I thought it was like working against me. But our bodies are our best friends and it wasn't working against me. It was just doing its thing, you know. <clears throat> I hear you being in a much better place in terms of those parts of your body than you like right now versus where you were when you were younger. Like yeah. what, um, what was part of your kind of shift in in changing your mind about those different parts of you um so for my breasts or for other parts of my body so because some parts of our body we really can't hide like our size sometimes you know but um for me it was about kind of like breaking through shame and I think that I naturally kind of have great in defenses against shame um in the sense that I'll say that I'm very just talkative and I think secrets help shame to grow like shame can't grow without secrets you know so I think the more that I shared that insecurity with people and like my friends or close you know family members or, and the more I got feedback like it's all right Chance like you're beautiful like that's the way a lot of people's bodies are like that or a lot of women's bodies are like that and then like the more I was intimate with um, other people, you know, and that they didn't care, like I thought like it wasn't going to cause people to not love me. Then I started having less and less shame around it. 
So yeah, I guess like it wasn't like I was telling everybody. Like right now, I'm telling everybody on, on the internet. I guess that that is the truth. So I feel like again, that kind of kills it. Like it's like a yeah, it's not a secret, you know. So it's not something that shame's gonna grow within me and like insecurities will grow within me. It's like, yep, this is it. Like take it or leave it, and it's the body I've been given. It's the body that I have right now at this moment, you know. So. It still works. Everything still works. <laughs> Even if it don't look a certain way, everything still works the way it needs to work. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that message <clears throat> that, you know, secrets and silence really create growth of shame. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, I've been processing so much emotion around my upcoming wedding. And I had a moment um, last weekend where I felt really alone in where I was. And I felt kind of shameful that I was processing these emotions. Um, and I reached out to some friends, Diana being one of them, um, and just let them know what was going on. And, and you're absolutely right that, you know, speaking up and saying, Hey, this is the, this is the reality. You know, the reality is I've been crying for the last four days and, (laughs) um, and I don't feel like I have my stuff together at all. And, you know, and I need support. I need support. I I can't do this alone right now. I think that that is a really important message and not, and, and tying that back into our bodies, you know, we might have challenges with the way that we see our body. We may even have challenges with the functionality of our body, right? Cause that mm-hmm. can happen too. And if we open up That's about true. it to the people that we love and care about and love and care about us, it releases that burden of secrecy. Um, and that is so powerful. Thank you so much for bringing that to light, Chastity. Thank you. Yeah. And some of us have body parts that are not working in the way that they're so supposed to work maybe but like and I say that with quotations because like I think our bodies are perfect in the sense that they're doing exactly what they need to do you know and however that yeah however that however their functioning is is what it is what you get you know and what we do with it is if we go from there but I think that's kind of the message like with our positivity it's like all shapes sizes functionalities, everything, you know, you make it work. It's yours and owning it. Yeah. And seeing the positive in it too, you know, not just like silver liney, but like, yeah, seeing the positive in it. I love that. Cause to me, it's like, sometimes we have the tendency to label certain emotions as like bad or uh, something that is shameful or something that does need to be hidden. And the more that we just see it as like, this is what it is and embrace it and embody it, the more powerful that we are. And like, it just, it reminds me of, um, of like something that I'd shared earlier today, that like, it's really this understanding that like, there's no level also of like being involved in our thinking about, about our body positivity. That means that we never have those moments, those human moments of like, of difficulty, right? Like there's no, there's no no, like evolving past the humanity that we're going to experience of sadness, of shame, of guilt. But what we can do is navigate those feelings and emotions with greater grace and ease so that we're not stuck in a shame spiral where we're, we're passing through (laughs) um, and feeling a little bit of that and allowing ourselves to be human for a moment. 
because when when we pass, we don't get these feelings anymore. We don't get this experience. And so if this is part of being human, as painful as it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, without going into challenging anybody's like mythology or whatever, but just in my own opinion, um, I believe that I am a spirit here having a human experience, you know? And with that, I came across, I came to this realization the other day with my friend or my cousin, we were talking and we were like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, my spirit is perfect. Like my spirit, my soul, my spirit, that's perfect. But like, it literally chose to come here to be a human. And like nothing about the human experience is perfect. Like nothing about nature is perfect. Like there's no, and I was like, oh my gosh, waiting to love myself until I reach this like perfect, or bettering thing like is is like never you're waiting in vain you know so yeah I love that I love that and that's a great message too that like we weren't meant to be perfect like nothing about us is perfect or symmetrical or <laughs> you know this eyebrow is higher than this eyebrow and this eye is smaller than this eye and you know so it's like all these things like yeah, like there's no snowflakes it. out there that are like, oh, I my this side of me is like a little too pointy. It's less pointy than that other snowflake. Like mm-hmm. it's it's about beingness. And I I love that yeah. that um that concept of our spirit as being perfect. And I love that in terms of being that, you know, our by our we chose to have a human experience. Yeah. Could have gone um, to any and world. Part of that is the sadness. Yeah. <laughs> we could have gone to any yeah, world exactly. and experience any different thing, but we came here. <laughs> yeah. And the sadness and part of exactly if we don't, that's a part of the human experience too, is feeling all the different feelings. Like we weren't meant to just not feel certain feelings, you know, in our bodies yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. So good. I love that. So my human self imperfect will always be imperfect. Maybe even unconditioned, maybe even like difficult to love unconditionally. Cause I'm a human and I'm going to be full of flaws and there's no, there's conditions, you know, to leave in like what I can do, but my soul, unconditional love, you know, yeah. my spirit, unconditional love. <laughs> well, getting to that kind of um, place of thinking, I feel like it takes time. So what are some of the ways that you practice self-love and self-care? Cause to me, you know, based in how you love yourself and how you speak about yourself and your body, you've done some form of practice or work to get there. So what is it that you do for yourself? Yeah. So I actually, um, I love the four, I love the five love languages and I have actually worked with them in the sense that like, cause everyone thinks about them in relation to others. Right. But I actually think about it as like relation to yourself. So like, if you, figure out that your love language that you love the most is like mine's is words of affirmation, right? So like how I speak to myself and what words I tell myself, my self-talk is so powerful in expression of my self-love, right? But then like, if your love language, your top one is physical touch, right? Then doing those lotions, doing the spa days, getting a massage, like having your senses, like um, ignited right because like physical touch is very sensory like putting on the lingerie or p- taking a nice photo of your body and like all these things like you 
you, I have learned to like, kind of like explore self-love through the love languages, I guess is what I'm saying. And my favorite is words of affirmation. And also, um, I'm definitely a quality time type of person and kind of like an acts of service. So like cooking myself a nice meal, it's like good for my body. It feels good. Um, going to work out for me is like really important even with quality time, but it actually helps myself talk. Like working out actually helps with my mental. And I think that's why it helps me the most um, because it kind of like gets me out of my mind and like in moving in my body and like unblocks things. So um, like right now I do like 10,000 steps a day and like, it might not seem much for some people, but I work at a computer all day and I work from home. So getting 10,000 steps, that's like four and a half, five miles and to do that, I need to be intentional and like go walking, you know, and that helps my body and my self-talk and my self-love so much. So that's a huge part of like my self-care um, routine. And I know like we throw around those words a lot, like self-love, self-care and what those really means. But yeah, I like it in the sense of looking at your love language and going from there because even with the love languages or even like with self-love, if you're doing certain things, but that's not the way that you're really absorbing love, like that's not the way you're, you're really need to be communicated love, then the message doesn't go as deep than if you're really hitting the nail on your language, you know? What I love about that is by knowing your language too, you can set the precedence and the example for the people around you as to how you receive love. And I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that people have around body positivity is if they are a physical touch person and, you know, the people around them is telling them how beautiful they are, then that's not going to be received fully. Just like you said, you know, whereas maybe a hug or nice. It's nice. It's not the deep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also really powerful, you know, giving yourself your own love language. Um, that's huge. You know, we can't wait to have our cup filled from the outside. We have to give it to ourselves first. We have to show up for ourselves first in love and acceptance. Um, and that's really hard for people. Um, and I love that you are a shining example of how to do that. Yeah. And I think that people try, I say that too, too, because I think that people try these different ways, like, oh, I, I gave myself a pedicure and I took myself, I did a facial and like people are trying to show themselves love. But like, if your if your love language is quality time, then getting a facial like might only be a certain level. Like it's really like that quiet time you spend all by yourself. Like, but what are you doing and doing with that time? Like spending quality time with yourself, you know? So yeah, it's so... It's key. It's a very like good secret ingredient. And I will say too that like um, what's interesting is my form of like self-hating also is more powerful in the language that's my top language, right? So like me, I've experienced depression. I experienced depression and anxiety. And for my depression, it's really, really this toxic self-criticalness you know and it's really just the way I talk to myself and the way I've learned to deal with that right is by writing out my thoughts and just being like dang like this is what I'm thinking about myself like this is how I'm thinking 
to myself. And like, this is powerful to be able to shift. This is important. And like, I have a, a cousin that she hurts herself. Like she um, will scratch herself and um, has cut herself in the past and her love language is physical touch, you know? So it's like, even the way that we hurt ourselves is so powerful, even in our own language too, you know, like the people that love to fill up their days with everybody else except for them and their love language is quality time, but they're over here doing, spending time with everyone else and not them, you know? So it's powerful too. I love that. And I'm curious because um, in the past we've talked, all, it sounds like we have some level of familiarity with the love languages. Um, so I'm curious, do you find that your personal love language, your self-love language is the same as your love language in other relationships or do you find that it's different? Um, I think that words of affirmation is my most powerful one um, in all of my relationships, including the relationship with myself. Um, but I do feel that when I wasn't loving myself, it was very difficult for me to accept that kind of love from others. So like if I was talking really mean to myself and people give me compliments or give me praises or affirmation, it was so hard for me to absorb. It would just be like combated with my own. Yeah. So I do think it can be different from people. And the ones, the language that you share all the time or the ones that you're most comfortable giving might not be the one that makes you feel the most loved, you know? So um, that's also something to consider too, is like maybe you're an active service person and like you're all, like I'm an active service person. Like I love showing acts of service, but I'm not the strongest with words of affirmation, <laughs> but that's the one I like the most, you know? So yeah, it, it's um, different in that way as well too. Yeah, but I find it's the same. What I want from others, I really want from myself too. Yeah. I would love to know when negative, like old past negative patterns come back up for you, like what is a way that you use to reconnect with yourself? Oh, gratitude has been the most powerful tool in reconnecting with myself. Um, I find a lot of times when I'm off track or like going down this spiral, uh, it's where my focus really is on lack and gratitude just really brings me back to what I have. And I'm like a go-getter. Like I am, a, I've always been very goal-oriented, always making vision boards and bucket lists and all these things my whole life. So I'm, I'm all about like, seeing where I want to go and that gratitude also brings me back to where I am and like all the amazing things I have right now too and doesn't stop me from going to where I want to go but it does like keep me grounded in the present so like gratitude it's really about presence too and like just being really still and patient and present with myself and being then the gratitude helps bring me back to that moment as well it also allows me to really participate in what's happening right there in my life. And that is so helpful, you know, in getting back on track. So I will do, I have done a love letter to my body. So like I have a love letter format that like little, there's like prompts and you can do it to a person yourself. And I've done it to my body and like 
read it, make it in front of the mirror, you know? And like, I have done, and that's my words. I'm a words person, right? And like, I have done gratitude for my body and like, so grateful how strong it is. It got me through the day. It's so this, it's so that. And I find that if I am not, if I am like, sometimes if I go on dates, maybe, and it doesn't go well, or if I, um, um, say I took a picture and I don't really like the way I look, I find myself criticizing my body. Right. So it is about like going back to the gratitude of it and like, she didn't do nothing wrong. She's just living her life, you know? And like, <laughs> even kind of like personifying my body as a different person than me a little bit <laughs> is helpful because realizing that I'm like talking to like a friend, you know, like I would never say the things I say to myself, to a friend, you know? So kind of like that too. I don't know about you, Diana, but I want to see this list that she has, this love letter <laughs> prompt. Um, I want a copy of that. Yeah, yeah I'm curious. I'm share it with you. Yeah. yeah, it's good. And in, the, in love, we go through, when we love something or someone, usually that means we experience all the feelings. So it's funny because people, uh, I will do this love letter with people and they are thrown off when I'm like, Okay, come finish the sentence. I feel frustrated when. And they're like, frustrated? I thought this was a love letter. And I'm like, it is a love letter. And when you love something, you feel all the feelings. So let's go. <laughs> when do you feel frustrated with this person? <laughs> when do you feel frustrated with yourself? When do you feel angry? What do you want to forgive? You know? So it goes through all the different feelings. It's good. Makes up love. I love that. Yeah. And it's a, it's an understanding, right? That like that human experience of love, like we were talking about, it doesn't come without the anger. It doesn't come without the, the resistance to forget. That is a, that is a part of our human experience. And um, it's part of what embodies when we embody fully is love. And that's why even in our relationship with our bodies, we expecting to feel all the feelings it's helpful to know that because yes, if we really do love our bodies, it means that we felt all the feelings that go along with love, which is all the feelings, everything, you know? And I think certain feelings at moments can be highlighted or, or you know, more powerful, but yeah, try to stay with the, try to stay with the uplifting high, high vibrational feelings as much as possible, but they're all there. Yeah. Yeah. There's some moments where we hate our body and, frustrated with our body and have regrets about our body and then there's some moments where we need to ask forgiveness from our body because we heard it you know and we pushed it and we weren't listening and we you know and then there's moments where we want to be grateful and be proud and so yeah all the feelings come with love <laughs> yeah. So what would you say are some of the body image expectations or societal norms that like, you know, you felt challenged by as you were getting to a place of greater self-love? Um, one of the biggest ones when I was a kid um, was definitely like, and again, like I developed really early. So I think I had like very womanly curvatures very young that I didn't really know what to do with 
And so I was really insecure about my cellulite and like stretch marks. And like, I remember never wearing shorts. Like I never wanted to wear shorts. And I remember I wanted to play volleyball so bad and I did end up playing volleyball, but like I felt so self-conscious in those volleyball tights, you know? And now, golly, thighs are very beautiful. And I wish I had those high school thighs still sometimes because they were rocking, you know. But um, yeah, I think societal norms, a typical one definitely would be like um, that feminine energy or femininity is um, small or petite, you know, or submissive. And that masculine energy is big and strong and powerful, you know, and or masculine norms. So I think that's one that I struggled with being bigger, being Polynesian, um, being tall. Like I was five, eight in like probably sixth grade, seventh grade. Like I shot up and then I just stopped growing in high school. So like, yeah, I was taller than all the boys. When I played soccer, like all the little girls, like on my soccer team in a huddle, they looked like this. And then there was me that would just like stand out. Like I'd be so tall, you know? So like, being a tall, bigger woman, I just like, yeah, always felt like I wasn't as feminine. And it was hard. It was hard to feel feminine or feel like even beautiful or sexy, you know, in that way. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest one, I guess, like size with like masculine norms and feminine norms. Um. I mean, there's so many pressures and I think that's a common one that's probably gets talked about a lot, but it's definitely the first one that pops into my head. Yeah. And, and I was one of those girls too, that, you know, I was five, seven by the time I was 12, I think I was fully grown before I made it into high school. Um, and I was taller than everyone around me, um, including my teachers. So I, I completely relate to all of that. And I love being tall now. Is that something that you love now? Cause I just wondered like, if that is what's happened for you. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of average now, but I also hang out with very tall people. So I think like maybe I made made myself a little shorter by doing this. I do love my curves now in a way that I didn't before. So yeah. And like, I do think that sometimes even being big has helped me feel safe. And I think like that's something that I'm processing too, because Like, I don't necessarily want to have my weight be correlated to my safety, you know? So I'm trying to like, not trying, but I'm I'm working on building my strength. So I feel safe because I'm strong, not because I'm big, you know? But yeah, because then I think it's just going to help me have that balance. But yeah, I know I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I hang out with really tall people. Like my niece is like living with me. And she is six feet, you know, and like her dad is six, five, her brother is six, two, like my dad is six, two. <laughs> I'm around a lot of big, tall people. <laughs> so I feel average. <laughs> yeah. Between the two of you, I would just be like the little five foot four. <laughs> yeah. But I'll rock me some heels. Like I don't care to be taller. Yeah. But that's it. true. I guess I do think about height a little bit in dating, I guess, like I worry about being taller than some guys, but I do feel like I'm 
still on the little bit of the average sides that I'm not like towering, you know, but those women are gorgeous too. So rock it. Yeah. I love that. And I, so now that we've learned so much about you and, and all of your golden nuggets of wisdom and expertise along the way, <laughs> I want to know more about what you do with your business and what you offer. Oh, sure. Um, so my business is called Thinking with a Twist. Uh, I am, like I said, a family therapist and a CSAC, which is like a substance abuse counselor in Hawaii. But I wanted to move to Australia last year and decided that that's what was the next step for me. So I was like private practice or coaching and coaching allows me to go anywhere in the world, you know? And I also kind of realized that people struggling with their mindset or struggling with their thoughts and feelings that sometimes it really has to become super crisis or sit or really serious before they'll go to therapy, you know? So I love that my business, I've gotten to bring it to more mainstream and make conversations like this a little bit more common. And TikTok has been a huge one, like social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram is the second platform, but TikTok is like my number one platform. And I get to have really powerful like conversations and share these little golden nuggets of wisdom, if you want to say like these little learnings and aha moments with other people that want to strengthen their mindset too. So I love working with women. I love working with people from Islander cultures or collectivist cultures like Asians and Hispanics, just because I understand coming from those cultures myself, like the the special nuances of like people pleasing and being humble and not being like this, like, yeah, we have a special blend, you know, like not being confident and like putting everybody before ourselves because we're taught that that's what we need to do, especially as the women in our family, you know? So, um, yeah, I love helping people learn how to put themselves first and work on their relationship with them because it's a, it's tough. Even with this pandemic, like a lot of people were struggling with depression and struggling with their negative thoughts and with their anxiety, you know, and they're still making it, they're still getting it through the day, but there's, it's hard to find the joy when we're so stuck in those thoughts. So I help, help people find that joy again, you know, and like reconnect with that. And just not be so alone. Yeah. So yeah, you can find me at Thinking with a Twist on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. And I would love to meet all of you. I do, you know, a first call. You can talk story with me, share with me what you're struggling with. And or even just if you related to something I said today and you want to talk more about it. I'd love to, I love to talk. I'm Portuguese. I talk all day. I actually was like. I wish I could talk for a living when I was little. I, was like, I just want to talk for a living. And now I get to. <laughs> Who would have known that it would be possible? You're going to have important things to say, though, I guess. <laughs> Valuable things to say. Yeah. yeah, and I think that, you know, um, it's just a really interesting experience to kind of think about how we go through life and we have these opportunities to to really learn about ourselves and and use the experiences that we've had like it sounds like the love letter that you were sharing with us earlier that probably came to you in a time when you needed that yourself those are tools that you developed first for you and have seen how they they work 
um, not just for you, but also helping other people. And that's really powerful. So thank you for sharing that with us, Trusty. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thinking what the twist is. It's mine. You know, it's my experience brought to life and it hopefully able to share with others so that they can learn a little quicker than the 10 years it took me to learn it. <laughs> all the schooling, yeah. all the experiences. Let's, let's learn it in a few weeks instead of years. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So what um, what would be your takeaway for anyone who's listening today? Um, what what do you what would you like to leave our listeners with? Hmm. I love the message again of the love. I never um I I'm not never, but I think applying it to our bodies like that. Remember that love encompasses so many feelings like when we are when we love something you know love is one feeling and love is one thing but when you love something someone it's okay to feel all the feelings that you feel with that you know and make make remember that your feelings are okay and valid and and honor them and be curious about them instead of trying to stuff them down and push them away or tell yourself that you're not supposed to feel that way, you know? And that remember that gratitude is magical. Gratitude is so magical in shifting what you're focusing on and where your energy is going to. Yeah. And yeah, thank you all. I'm so grateful to be able to be here today and talk story with you about this very important topic for us. Yeah. Inspire me. I want to start a podcast too. And I haven't, um, the trigger on it so you guys are doing it you guys are doing it doing it doing it that's amazing thank you thank you so much for joining us today um, on the body positivity podcast we are just loving your golden nuggets of wisdom and expertise and just how you are an example for showing up for yourself and showing yourself love um, and really honoring that love is a full spectrum of it. Um, it's not just the positive. So uh, yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners and um, supporting our days off and the time that Diana and I take to support our own health and wellness as we encourage you to do the same. So I just want to say thank you again to Chastity for coming on today as our um, podcast guest. And we look forward to being back here with you. Thank you.